welcome to our sermon podcast for wanderers, seekers, and thinkers, for deconstructing and reconstructing. This is a feed of Open Door Church, a faith community focused on God's love and grace, a progressive church built around action, community, and people. We've got a guest speaker with us this week, so enjoy a fresh perspective and check back often as we're posting new content every week. I'm Melissa Coleman. Before I pray, I just want to acknowledge the um, unrelinquished and unceded territories of the Katsi and the Kwantlen, and where I live in Surrey, the Semiamu, people that lived and loved um, and thrived before their lands were stolen from them. So I've had the privilege of preaching from this stage a few times before, but today I'm going to bring something that I feel is really close to my heart. It's a topic that for some can seem simple, and yet for others it's huge and even dangerous. It has the power to change so much in our personal lives, our theology, and our culture. Today is just a taste. It was really hard to keep it brief. Um, A taste of something that for the last two years I've been journeying through. Embodiment as an act of shalom. Before I start, I want to give space and acknowledge that some people here or listening on the podcast, this topic is heavy and it's hard. When preparing, I tried to keep in mind that in some This is a dangerous topic, one that brings with it so much grief, trauma, and can open up many emotions. For those of you that this is heavy, please know that this week I've been carrying you in my heart and my spirit. My prayers that the presence of God will carry you to a place of healing from these words and that shalom is present. Our bodies. Our bodies are complex, fascinating, and wondrous. My children love to ask questions about them. They carry us around all day. They hold so much wisdom and knowledge, and yet we struggle to know what to do with them. Today I want to explore with you the idea of embodiment. Maybe a word you've heard before, maybe not. As an act of shalom. Last week, Bradley started this conversation of shalom with us. That shalom, like many Hebrew words, is wrapped up in story and context. It can be one thing in one place in the Hebrew Bible and mean something else somewhere else. Often shalom means fullness, wholeness, restoration, health, deliverance, well-being, among others. Before we get started, let's take a moment, and I want to define embodiment. Embodiment is the experience of the body as engaged in the world. It's a person's experience of living as a body. That definition comes from academic work of Peran and Teal. Whereas body image, maybe a word we hear more often, is the picture of our own body which we form in our minds 
And that is to say, the way the body appears to us. That's um, Scheider. This is different than body image. Hilary McBride, in her writing on embodiment and eating disorders, helps us separate the two with this metaphor. She says the difference between the two is body image is like looking at the picture of food, and embodiment is actually experiencing it, eating it, tasting it, digesting it. We live in a body-obsessed culture. We are so body image focused. In the U.S. alone, the weight loss industry is worth $66 billion. I had to look at that twice because I was like, billion? We watch shows about people obsessing over their bodies. We buy literature that is based on better body practices. We have apps that make our, look, our bodies look better with a simple filter. I even had a friend in my 20s who took an online like little tutorial course on how to take better selfies by contorting her body to look a certain way. <laughs> yeah. With all this body image obsession, do we hear much about embodiment? Living in and experiencing life in our own skin. We talk about making our bodies look better, but do we talk about what it's like to live in our bodies? As Sonia Renee Taylor in her book, The Body is Not an Apology, it's a very, very good read, aptly says that people for millennia have and continue to debate about the soul and the spirit. Do humans have them? What are they? But no one debates if we have a body. We know that we have a body. Within our own Christian tradition, many of us have been handed down messages of guilt and shame about our bodies. The story of Genesis has been made into a cautionary tale of living in one's body. A line that always stuck with me was that Eve and Adam acknowledged their nakedness only after they ate the fruit. So I always interpreted this as once humans made a mistake, then they, they realized about their body. When the few first humans made the mistake, oh, then embodiment happened. Nadia Weber-Boltz just wrote a book called Shameless. She talks about Augustine's opinion that the body is the gateway to sin and evils due to his own body issues. His writings have influenced Christian thought and practices for centuries. Augustine is not the only one. <laughs> Along with um, the Puritans of the 16th century and many other um, Christian communities during colonization, they are the foundations of our biblical views of body, gender, sexuality. They saw the body as bad, something that needed to be controlled and dominated over, especially women's bodies, people of different sexual orientations, gender expression, people of color, people physically different, essentially anyone that was not in the power that led the communities. These human interpretations of the Bible are anti-shalom. I would argue that they did not then, and they do not to this present day, bring 
fullness, wholeness, or restorations to our bodies or our minds. Instead, they pass the message on that the body is separate from the divine's blessing towards humans. Uh, there are others that went so far um, to put holiness of the mind and the spirit above that of the body. So it's no wonder our culture and spiritual tradition struggles to know what to do with our physical bodies. We've been taught that God doesn't speak through our bodies, that they are somehow separate from us. What about Jesus? As usual, when we turn to Jesus, we see a different way of being. In the Gospels, it's often noted that Jesus wept, he was tired, he was hungry. One of the last things that says that he was um, thirsty, he ripped the bread. Even in his death, the writers wrote that he was in pain and couldn't carry the cross. The Christ came in body, not just in spirit. John 1.14 says that word became flesh. The word just wasn't an essence. It bled. It had limbs. It felt hunger pains. Jesus was a body. He experienced embodiment. My own personal story is one of shame and guilt over my body. The names she was called by me and others. The messages I absorbed became the tapes I played over and over in my head. I struggled for many years to know what to do with this body. In my 20s, I thought I had found the answer. I learned how to control and dominate my body. Not to live in my body, but to make it do what I thought was restored. A culturally approved body. What people didn't see was the damage I did to my body and how it was slowly destroying my ability to experience life fully. Yes, I looked the part, but I was consumed with trying to stay there. That changed eight years ago when I became pregnant. Slowly the years of having children, currently having a child, my body resisted the control, even though I fought harder to make it do what I wanted. A breaking point happened after the birth of my third child, Oliver, when I couldn't do it any longer. I was so far from wholeness and blessing from shalom. I hated my body. I tried everything to make it fit the mold again. This all came crashing down on me one morning when I stood in front of the mirror trying to dry my hair. I looked up and I saw my body. The shame and guilt and the separation from my body overwhelmed me. And I literally could not breathe. In my flesh I shall see God. Job 19.26 I didn't see God that morning. I saw hatred. It was in that moment I began to seek help. 
I listen to a lot of podcasts. One thing I love that Rob Bell always says is if you see something, you can't unsee it. Now I see embodiment. And now I think it's like the most beautiful thing ever. What if we journeyed towards what Sonia Renee Taylor calls radical self-love? What would it do to our being on a regular basis? How would it affect the people around us? Our partners, our children, our coworkers, our family members? What if our connection to God included radical self-love of the body? Love for the body, no matter what it currently looks like. Instead, love for the experience we have in our bodies. What if we called our bodies us? She, he, they. What if instead of mentally tearing ourselves apart, we showed grace and love for every cell of our body? Think of the shalom we would spread. For when you have love for your body, and I don't mean like fluffy love, I mean like love. When you have love for your body, and you allow your body to take up space in this world to just be, how that rushes out of you into the communities around you. Shalom of the body may start within you, but it quickly spreads to others. I'm a teacher, and the other day I was in the staff room. Many staff rooms, there was a group of women, and they started talking about their bodies, ripping them apart with their words. This is a normal activity in our culture, very much participated in and approved by many. So much energy wasted. No fullness present, no wholeness, no shalom. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, God says to us, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that your descendants may live. What if we chose to live out blessing in our body? Resisting the cultural pressure, because it is a lot of pressure to be dissatisfied to hate or control, to make our bodies into something they aren't. There are many ways to practice embodiment, meditation. The yoga that we practice here at Open Door, I find is very embodiment. Like At one point, John has you just flail your arms in the air and just jump around and, and make noises. Some of you are like, no. Um, <laughs> but when everyone's doing it, it just feels so good. Uh, meditation, dancing, walking, singing, running, swimming, listening, listening to what your body needs or wants. That's been a big lesson for me. 
doing these things while noticing what it's like to be in your body. Take it from me, it's hard work. It's been two years. It's a daily choice. I think it's some of the hardest work I've ever done. The work of acknowledging that she has a voice, that she has wisdom, that she is good and holy. I wanted to give us some time to practice embodiment because for some we rush around and we don't get time. So we're going to pause and we're going to have a moment with our bodies. A moment to breathe. A moment to feel our bodies. I invite you in some way if you can touch or hold your body. And we're just going to close our eyes for a couple minutes. And then I want to read a benediction to you. Benediction by Janice Robinson. This blessing takes one look at you, and all it can say is holy. Holy hands, holy face, holy feet. Holy everything in between. Holy in pain. Holy even when weary. In brokenness, holy.
in shame, holy still. Holy in delight, holy in distress, holy when being born, holy when we lay it down at the hour of our death. So friend, open your eyes, holy eyes. For one moment, see what this blessing sees. This blessing that knows how you were formed and knit together in wonder and in love. Welcome this blessing that folds its hands in prayer. When it meets you, receive this blessing that wants to kneel in reverence before you, you who are temple, sanctuary, home for God in this world. Shalom. Peace be upon your body. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Open Door Church. Our intro and outro music was created by Lee Rosevere and is used under a Creative Commons by Attribution license. Have a great week. Ask the hard questions and explore God's love. Everyone is always welcome to join the journey with us at Open Door. Learn more at opendoorfamily.ca. That's opendoorfamily.ca.